0: Matthew 11 in verse number 28. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Inviting. Inviting. All in means that you get to be a part of a grand inviting. The invitation that Jesus Christ gives out is just the opposite of the invitation that religion gives out. The invitation that Jesus gives in relationship with Him is just as opposite as corporate America gives out. The invitation that Jesus gives is just the opposite of what the creative culture, the industry gives out. And that is, everybody who is weary and everybody who is burdened, I invite you to come to me. And I'm going to give you rest. How many of you would put that on your resume? I am weary and very burdened. If you hire me, you're getting a lot of baggage. You wouldn't do that, would you? But Jesus says who everybody else has left out, that's who I'm inviting to come and join me. I want the tired people. I want the worn out people. I want the people that got a lot of baggage. I invite you to come along. That's the invitation that God gives us. Watch this in Revelation 22. And the Spirit and the Bride say, Come. Let him who hears say, Come. Let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. Everybody say inviting. What is the invitation to? Anyone who's thirsty. Anyone who is needy. How about putting that on your resume? I am a needy person. Please hire me. No, it doesn't work that way. We hide that we're weary we hide that we're needy we hide that we have baggage but jesus is looking for people that are thirsty that are longing for more i got to be honest with you religion tries to tell you that when you find jesus you find everything you need and yet i've found that now that i've found jesus i'm still searching for more of jesus I want more of what he has to offer. I am not thirsty for what I was thirsty for, but I am still thirsty for something else. I'm longing for more of Jesus than I've ever had before. Jesus says this, if you're thirsty, if you're tired, if you're weary, if you've got a lot of baggage, I want you to come to me. That scripture, the word says, whosoever. Is it right there? Whosoever. In the old King James, it says whosoever will. Look at me. I'm going to ask you something I asked you at the beginning. Aren't you happy that he has invited everyone to come? Just a yes, that's all. Yeah, pretty much so. Now let's think about that. Think about who you were. No, better yet. Think about who you are. Right now, today... With all of your messes and mistakes and all of my messed up mindsets and my broken mentality. Think about that. I sat with people this week that we put on pedestals and we put stars on the sidewalk and and they make millions and millions of dollars. And I listen to the most broken people I've ever met in my life searching for faith, looking for an ounce of hope. We say they're godless and they're just looking for a God they can grab hold of. And I got on the plane and I sat with my little thing thinking, yeah, God, you sent me to an amazing thing. And suddenly the word of God became a mirror to me. And I looked at how broken I was and how messed up I was. And God has invited all of us to sit at the same table. Does that not make anybody want to go crazy? Or have we been so desensitized to grace? That we think we all deserve to be here. Those of you that were not here at the beginning of service, we started the whole thing over. We started church today. How many were here at the beginning? Y'all attest to it, right? We started church today, and I didn't like the feel of it, so I'm the pastor and I can do this. I walked up, we started the whole thing over. I did the same announcements and everything right from the beginning. Don't don't think that we won't shut this whole thing down and just start church all over again. And I'm not talking about today. We'll go back and relaunch the whole thing if we have to do it. Because I will not be a part of something that is desensitized to the grace and the grandeur that God lets me sit at the table. (laughs) Write this down. Go study the guy named Mephibosheth. Mephiba, chef or chef? With a th. That's what I thought. Go study that. When you get home, that's your homework. Mephibosheth. Him. <laughs> Mississippi Seth. Something, I don't know. Go, go study this cat that was a crippled, Wasn't even supposed to be in the king's house. And yet David goes and gets him and lets him come sit at the table with him. What an amazing illustration of the grace of God. Crippled, broken, maimed, destroyed, disoriented, confused, discouraged, running away from God. And yet His grace runs after us, tackles us, cleans us up, and sits us at the table, kills the fatted calf, puts a robe on us. Man, I wish... He invites all of us. Now I'm going to ask you again is anybody happy that Jesus Christ has invited us to sit at the table? At least smile. We have been invited. Look at your neighbor and say, We've been invited. So you're a blessed person, highly favored. Now, look at the other neighbor and say, because we've been invited, now we have been called to invite. Look at that empty seat beside you. There is no sense in there being an empty seat, there's just not any sense to it. Not with the music we had today and the fun, lively, I mean, it's a blast. Y'all, this is an easy sale. It doesn't take much. We're not a perfect church. We, we, it doesn't by any means, are we? But we have fun and we laugh and we love one another. What I love about what God's doing here is we're all broken. But that's the cool thing, is when broken people get together, you start seeing pieces that match with somebody else. And that becomes the body of Christ. Your jagged edges fit perfectly with somebody else. And suddenly a beautiful body is formed. That's what happens here. This is not a hard sell. All it takes is an invite. Did you know that they say 90% of people on Easter will go to church if they're invited? What? That's not me coming up with that. That That is a real deal study. 90% 90% of people will go to church on Easter if they're just asked. We have been invited, and now God asks us to be inviters. I want us to start saying things like this. Let's be a bringer. Let's be a bringer. Don't hog this up. Don't enjoy Folsom prison blues all by yourself. Revelations twenty two seventeen. 17, we read it. And the spirit and the bride say, come, inviting. And then watch this. And let him who hears say, come. How many have heard him invite you? Raise your hand. You have heard him invite you. And you have shown up. The scripture says, if you've heard that, now it is your obligation to now turn around and say, Some of my favorite people in the world are the people that God opens a door for them and they hold the door open for other people. How many of you have been around people that just get through the door as fast as they can and slam it behind them? Or maybe it was your door and they took it anyway. Can I get an amen? But man, isn't it amazing when there are people that have an open door and they walk through that door and they hold it open for other people to walk through? This is what God wants us to have. This is what Jesus died for, is that you and I would be invited and then we would turn around and invite others. Something we ask ourselves a lot around here. Look around the room. Who is here because of you? That's a sobering thought. Maybe not here. Who is living for Christ because of you? Who is being discipled because of me? Who loves Jesus more because I came into their life? Forget being a Christian, just be nice. Well, I'm a believer, but you're mean. Don't tell anybody you're a believer. We don't want them to know that you're a believer. I'm a Christian. Shh, be quiet. Don't tell anybody. Come on, y'all, be honest. You know I'm telling the truth. Do not put a cross bumper sticker on your car if you're going to flip people off. I'm just saying. And please don't wear anything that says heels on it if you are, okay? Follow me, Jesus says. He's rolling along. First thing the disciples hear is not an exhortation of everything he's going to provide for them. He doesn't give them a prospectus. He doesn't lay out a budget and a guideline. He just says, follow me. Think about that. The only words they hear from him, follow me. What is that? Everybody say An invitation and immediately he says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So what is he saying? Follow me and then you get others to follow you. I'm inviting you for one reason and one reason only so you can invite others to be a part of this thing. And here's what the scripture says. You can read this in Matthew 1.16. He says, come follow me and I will send you out to fish for people. Watch this. Verse 18, is it up there? Matthew chapter 1? Oh, that doesn't matter. Okay, there we go. I knew as soon as I said it doesn't matter, it would pop up there. The, I'm sorry, I know I'm going out of, out of order, but there we go. I'm out of order anyway. Come follow me, Jesus said. I will send you out to fish for people. Watch this. And at once, they left their nets and followed him. Well, you talk about all in. Without one promise of anything, except I'm going to make you work harder. Follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. What if we had that same kind of thing? That we hear the call of God and we just drop it all. Now you got to think about this. They're not. They're, those guys aren't out fishing because they were on vacation. This was their livelihood. This is how they fed their families. This is how they provided for themselves. This was going to be their legacy. They would pass it on to their kids. As a matter of fact, it probably was their legacy. Their daddy and their granddaddy was probably fishermen as well. It's been passed down and they hear an invitation, two words. Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. What if we just dropped things and we heard that? Well, you talk about all in. And all in so that you can do more of what He's just done for you. Matthew 28, 19. Jesus came to them. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. He says, all authority has been given unto me. I'm now going to give it to you. Here's what I want you to do with it. Go. Don't make yourself better and bigger I'm not giving you status. I'm not giving you strength so you can get more status. I'm not giving you a platform so you can get more followers to yourself. I'm asking, I'm giving you this authority and this power so you will go and begin to spread the gospel. Make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. God gives us stuff so we will go and give it to other people. Watch this, Luke chapter 14. I'm gonna kind of skip through this. This is Jesus speaking as a parable. Y'all doing good? Everybody good? And then he said to him, A certain man gave a great supper and invited many. Everybody say invited. And he sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, Can y'all read this back there? Is that okay? How many agree we need a bigger screen up here? Raise your hand. All right, we need about $5,000 to do that, all right? $5,000. If anybody wants to write that check, we'll get that, and you can take your bifocals off, all right? And he sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, come, for all things are now ready. Look at that. Come on, everything's ready. But they all with one accord began to make excuses. The first said to him, I bought a piece of ground, and I must go and see it. I ask you to have me excused. Another said, I bought five yoke of oxen and I'm going to test him. I ask you to have me excused. Another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and reported these things to his master. And then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you commanded. And still there is room. And then the master said to the servant, Go out into the highway as in the hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. God loves a full house. He loves a full house. He wants every place to be filled. And so what happens is God sets the table and makes it all perfect. And he gives an invitation to folks. And there are people that say, I can't because of my job. I can't because of my family. I can't because I bought some land. I can't because of this. How many of you in this room have made excuses after being invited by God to something? Raise your hand. I'm raising my hand. I mean, I've jumped on boats and gone the other way, just like Jonah. Thank you for the invitation, but here's my regrets. Ba-ba, I'm gone. We've all done it. But here's the scary thing about that. Listen to what I'm telling you. Those of you who are part of the hills, listen to what I'm telling you. We're at a time right now, as a church, that you can still trot alongside the train and just hop on and off at any point. Guess, just tune me out for a minute. This is hills, folks, that you feel like this is your home. But I'm telling you right now, there's getting ready to be a moment that this locomotive is going to start rolling. And you're going to have to run so fast to dive on. And if you jump off, it just may destroy you. I'm telling you right now, get all in while we can get all in easily. While you're already at the head of the class, get all in. Let's leave the hills out of it. Get all in with Jesus. Dive into a relationship with Him like you've never had before. Just dive in. Don't call yourself a Christian or a Hills member. Just get swallowed up in the grace and the glory of God. Because what happens is the invitation goes out and says, Come on, come join us. The table's set. You don't have to do anything. Nothing. Just come down and eat. Don't y'all love that? Just sit down and eat. I don't have to plan anything. You don't have to clean up. Just come eat. And yet, still, there were excuses. And so he said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go quickly, because the food's going to get cold. Go quickly, because the chicken's going to get all soggy. Run, now. And I want you to go to the streets. Write this down. I want you to go to the streets. Write down streets. Underneath that, right lanes. Underneath that, right highways. Underneath that, right hedges. I want you to go to the streets, the lanes the highways, and the hedges. I went in and did some study on this. A street was a wide road, or what you would call an interstate. It would, it's what you jump on, six lanes. It's the one flying. He said, I want you to go to the streets where there's a lot of people. There's bustling about where the mainstream is. I want you to go there. Let me say something to you. God has not just called us to the margins. God has called us to the mainstream. I know that in a moment, we'll get to it, that God goes after the poor and the maimed and the homeless and the hurting. But I believe God goes just as much after the rich and the powerful and the famous. Because you and I both know they are as broken, if not more broken, than these folks that know they're broken. What, what? I ain't done that in a long time that felt good I'm gonna get me a real one one day need about $5,000 you know us preachers just begging for money Go to the highways. Those of you that are called to mainstream, go for it. Go for it. Don't limit yourself to Christian stuff. Go for it. Blur the lines. Be on the big screen. Be on pop radio. Get in the corporate boardroom. Go for it. That's all I'll say about that. And then he says, I want you to go to the lanes. The lanes were narrow passageways. That were are not easy to navigate. Where, where the people go that look quiet and kind of behind the scenes. Go there. Get them. Bring them in. There are folks out there right now that don't think anybody wants them, even knows about them. But the grace and the glory of God is reaching for them right now. And all it takes is someone to go and invite them. And then he says, I want you to go to the highways. Now, the highway was different than the street. The street was a a big six lane, just people everywhere. But a highway is what connected Asia and Africa. The highway connected continents and cultures. And he said, I want you to go to the highways. And that's where you're going to have some issues because you're going to get cultures and cross-pollination. It's going to get weird and it's going to get funky at times. And you've got people with different beliefs and different systems. And I want you to go there for those people too. Man, I'm bringing it today. I'm not a good preacher, but this is good preaching right here. Yeah, go get them. And bring them together. And they're going to sit side by side. And if they were in any other venue, they would hate each other. They don't agree. They, don't, they, don't, they, they wouldn't like each other. But they're going to bring them together at this table. Bring them all in. Every single one of them. And then he said, I want you to go to the hedges. The hedges were the fences and the barriers that kept people in and kept people out. And he says, I want you to go to the people that don't feel like they belong. The folks that are peeking in through the fence. And the folks that are trying to get out through the fence. And I want you to invite them to come to my house. I have an amazing supper waiting on. them. What if we could become a people that went to the streets, the wide roads, who went to the lanes, the narrow passageways, who went to the highways, Those places where everybody is flowing, and we went to the hedges, the fences, and the barriers. Now, let me say something to you. Every single one of us is called to one of those. Don't get ticked off when God has you at a hedge and someone else at a highway. Because the folks that can navigate a highway don't like to mess with a hedge. And the folks that can see the detail and have a heart for the hedge would be scared to death of the highway. Bloom where you're planted. Grow where God's got you. Be the best you can be right where you are. But go. I'm looking at some of you right now that are waiting on a highway anointing and God's got you living on a lane. Well, when my big break comes. Your big break happened when a new neighbor moved into your apartment. It was your big break. I'm just waiting on. I said, I'm just waiting on. Here it is. I said, I'm just uh, waiting on. Y'all know that preacher move, don't you? That one right there. Just waiting on the heavens to open up and angels to sing. And and you bypass that homeless guy or that orphan child, whatever. Just take it. Y'all, I'm not speaking to anybody besides me today. Because I can be so guilty of it. Man, we get our own building and man, we get this and we get that. And there's just people all around me That all they're waiting for is an invitation. The highways, the lanes, the streets, the hedges. He invites them all. Are you happy about that? I mean, really? Come on now. Let's think about it. What's going to happen when that boss that you hated shows up on a Sunday morning? It's going to happen that employee you hated shows up on a Sunday morning. Look, I ain't talking about didn't like them. You hated them. What's going to happen? What's going to happen when your ex comes and sits in this place? I've had it happen. I wasn't married before, but I had an ex walk into a service. And I had to react and that's another story in itself. Incredible. i wait till my wife is here to share that one. That was a beautiful, beautiful story of redemption. Gorgeous story. But I had to be ready for that. What if, what's going to happen when someone that you diametrically disagree with on their lifestyle, their politics, their religion, their smell... Notice how we laughed on the smell, but not the others? What's going to happen when they come and sit down next to you? At the same table that you're eating at. Still happy that He invites everybody? God wants to change and shift and wreck our mindsets to get us ready for what he wants to do. I got to be honest with you. I, I don't like sales. <laughs> I don't. I know I look like a salesman. Probably act like a salesman. But I hate it. I hate anything to do with it. I hate retail. I despise it. I don't like it. Because I don't like trying to talk people into stuff that they don't want. Or talk people into stuff that I don't really believe in. I just don't. I never was good at it. But when I believe in a product, I'll tell everybody about it. I mean, I, I, how many of y'all the same way? I'll tell everybody about it. Y'all, I hate to call the gospel a product, okay? I hate that. But there's something to this thing that's so incredible. That he's given freely. We just give it away. You don't even ask anybody to buy it. Just give it. And it has a promise attached to it. Did you hear that? It's a product with a promise attached to it. I believe in the product and I believe in the promise. What did he say? Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. And what will I do? I will give you rest. The invitation has a a promise attached to it. All of you who are thirsty, he goes on to say in John chapter 4, once you drink of me, you'll never thirst again. And as a matter of fact, out of your belly is going to start flowing rivers. You feel depleted and dehydrated. I'm going to put so much in you that it's just going to pour out of you everywhere you go. Now, that's quite a promise, isn't it? To go from barely even able to crawl across the desert to now everywhere you go, just like... People just drinking and drowning in what you offer. And he goes on to say, come unto me. I promise you peace. I promise hope. I promise joy. I promise power. I promise life, abundant life, eternal life. This invitation has a promise attached to it. Look at me. Remember, several weeks ago, we talked about the fact that going all in means that you have nothing left to lose. You know, the guys, you can see that, that gambling. Oh, I've already bet everything. Here we go. I got nothing left to lose. Just, uh. you, know, you know the illustration I'm using right there, right? Here's the greatest thing about this this is not a gamble. The all in Means you get everything. Who can't sell that? We should never have to spend any money on marketing. We should all be marketers. Amen. Okay. We shouldn't even have to make up cards. We should just be writing cards. Just scrawling things. Here. Just whatever it takes. To bring people into this. And it's not a scam. Those of you that are disenchanted. Those of you that are a little. uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, What? No. Yeah. Leary is another one, though, that you. What? Jaded. That's good. Skeptic. See, y'all know these words well, don't you? (laughs) Bored. Listen, and you're, you're not. This is not a scam. I know that you've been a part of churches that it feels like a scam. You've been a part of things that feels like this is not a scam. The true, unadulterated gospel of Jesus Christ is not a scam. Read it when you get home or write it in a moment. First, second Corinthians 1.20 says this. No matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And through Him they are amen. His promises do not return void. When God makes a promise, it is not a gamble. Hills folks, I want to remind you what we spoke at the beginning of this year that 2014 was the year of us possessing the promises. Have you forgotten that? How many have it written down somewhere and you're praying over it? If you don't, you need to have it written down somewhere. Tattoo it on your forehead, okay? Backwards so when you look in the mirror, you see possessing the promises. And pray over it every day. God, you have promised us that this is the year that we take hold of the things that you've promised us. I saw it happen this week as we begin to step into things that we had just laid down and buried and completely forgotten about. And suddenly it starts flowing up out of the ground. Just amazing what God's done possessing the promises. Another word I want to say to you is a season of suddenly. There you go, Liz. A season of suddenly. I believe that we're entering into a time that we're going to see things and believe things and pray for things and you're going to take a step and go, there it is. I was talking to some dear friends of ours, and it was crazy. One guy says it. I call someone else. They say it on the phone. Kristen calls me and says, hey, I want to tell you what I was reading in my devotional. Three people, the Bible says in the mouth of two or more witnesses, let everything be established. Three different people told me, I believe that this is a hinds feet season. Now, if you don't know what that means, there's a scripture. It's like three times in the Bible, but the first time it's mentioned is 2 Samuel twenty two thirty three. It says, God is my strength and power. He make my, makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like hinds feet and sets me up on high places. What Another translation says, he makes my feet like deer. You ever, you ever been driving down the country roads and that deer's walking across and you honk the horn and they go... Poof. You know how f- far, high, graceful they leap. You know what I'm talking about? Whoa, that was incredible. That's what it's saying. God gives us deer feet that allows us to leap quickly instead of I'm climbing up on the rough side of the mountain, holding. To go. <laughs> How many know that one? His powerful hand. You ever felt it just climbing up on the rough side of the mountain. Come on, McQueries. And I'm doing my best to make it end. There are days that you're just climbing up on the rough side of the mountain. But I am telling you as your pastor, and I'm going to step into the office of a prophet for just a moment. I am telling you right now that we're entering into a season that you're going to go to take a jump and it's just going to... How did I get here? And things that you prayed for and wanted and longed for... You're just going to be standing there going, this is crazy. I love looking at the Pentecostal like, yeah, I like that. And even some of the non-Pentecostal kind of get a little gleam in your eye today. I like it. Look, I don't care where you come from. Agnostic, atheist, pagan, Pentecostal, Presbyterian, whatever you are. That's a word for all of us. God wants us to leap into situations. It is an invitation with a promise. And I have preached too long, so come play music, so I will shut up. I believe in the product. Leslie, I believe in the promise. But maybe more important, I believe in the process. I'm going to say it again, I believe in the product, I believe in the promise, but in between the product and the promise is the process. And I believe in the process, and that means that I've got to go all in in order to get everything he has for me. I've got to lay it all down. He said if you want to gain life, you got to lose your life. Let me say something to you, with Jesus it's everything or nothing. He doesn't want your leftovers. He doesn't want our tidbit, our morsels, our crumbs. The little energy we have left. He doesn't want that. He wants it all. I'll say this to you right now. He wants everything or you can keep what you have. That's not a real famous word to say. He said, I want all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. And it's not because he needs it. It's because he knows that until we give up everything, we can never have all that he has for us. The problem with us is not that we got too little, it's that we got too much. So he says, lay it down. Just lay it all down. Dive in. Abraham, leave your land. Leave your land, Abraham. Leave everything your daddy gave you. Leave it. Okay, I did that. Okay, great. Now kill your son. Rich young ruler. You want to follow me? Okay, sell it all. Give it all away. Sell everything and give what you profit to the poor. I don't know about that. Jesus, you want to save the world? Lay your life down. Can I just shed a little blood? No. Yeah, let it all down. I don't want to do this. It's all or nothing. What changes the world are people that are all in. The greatest artists, the greatest innovators, the greatest scientists, whatever sphere it is, the people that change things are the ones that go all in, pushing everything in. They lay it all down. I try not to use myself as an example, but I'm doing it anyway again today. I'm a living, breathing example of laying things down three years ago to say yes to plant this church. Kristen is a living, breathing example. Our boys are a living, breathing example. Those that are part of our launch team laid down promotions and tours and jobs. They laid it down. To do this. And I walked into things this past week, things that I wrote ten years ago and forgot about them, that now are coming up, being sung by heathens. I stepped into relationship with people that were emailing me this morning asking for direction and guidance. Just out of nowhere, two weeks ago, minding my own business. My brother-in-law answers a phone call and suddenly the whole life, <laughs> just going. I'm just planting a church. What if we could all just go all in? Just lay it down. God, I know I've got a career path. I know i got a plan. But today, I'm going all in. I'm laying it all down. Anybody feel that burning in today? you? Anybody else? They're burning it in you to say, I'm ready to go all in. I mean, I'm ready. I don't agree with everything. I don't even know. I trust everything, but I feel something burning and buzzing in me to go all in. I'm ready to push the chips to the middle of the table and say, Jesus, I want to go all in. Let's stand it.